Middle cough. Hey, beans. Podcast this week is presented by DraftKings. John, welcome everybody. I'm Guy. That's John. And uh, it's a big week. It's a big week on the podcast presented by DraftKings. You know, it's uh, the draft right around the corner. But before then, we got a little speed bump. It's called the Augusta National, the Masters. Woohoo! We are the DraftKings now that now that now that I think about it. After what you I just know. said, that <laughs> we can rename the show DraftKings, right? Yeah, the DraftKings show. Copyrights. Yeah. Uh, get in our DraftKings game. I mean, look, we got so much to talk about today, but it starts with this Monday. The game will be up. It'll be as big as we can make it, which is 200 people. It'll be 20 bucks. $20 buy-in. I think top 10 get some cash because even when $20 buy-in, 200 that number one spot, I think, is like 750 bucks, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think correctly. I won. What did I win for third place at the uh, PGA Championship, whatever that it was? That pisses me off even thinking about it. DJ, DJ made some big it. putts late <laughs> for your boy. Well, um, you had Morikawa, didn't you? I had Morikawa. I had DJ. Um, yeah. DJ DJ made a big putt late to move me from fourth to third, and it was worth like two hundred and fifty bucks. But get in our game. That game will be up. You're going to want to get in it. You want to use the promo code Ham. Yeah, download the app. Download the DraftKings app. I might make maybe a smaller, a, like a boutique game on Monday night for the national championship. I mean, I I'm game. Yeah, we'll make us just do it. Fun. We haven't done a ton of basketball, but I did it for the beginning of the tournament. I think it might be fun to do a national championship. Might be a lot for the people on our list to handle stuff. It might be. In. It might. We'll see what pace the Masters game is filling up at on Monday morning. But you're going to want to cool. be in that because that's going to be a good time. Yeah, and it's going to be big. It's going to be big, big money to win. Big, 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 big. Uh, DraftKings is incredible. We are appreciative of your support of them. We are appreciative of them being on this week, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings, also, not only can you get in the ham game and you just go to the Haberman and Middlecoff League, if you have any trouble, let us know, but you can also get your free shot at the $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using the promo code HAM. This is the time. It's You pick six golfers. You stay under the cap. You get the lineup in before Thursday. And it it makes the Masters even better than it already is, if that's even possible. I, I might put like $100 in my account and just dabble in like three other games. Because like you always said, if you would have had that team, mm. that you would have used that in a big game, you could have made like $100,000. There was somebody more. that won a 10K game with less points than I won with. Yeah. So it's time to get on it. DraftKings, download the app. And also, if you want to gamble, specifically gamble, we have our friends at mybookie.ag. I got a text yesterday. I was out of the house. And it's like, hey, man, I'm not around. My, something's up with my account. Can you place $300 for my father on Gonzaga and $50 on the under for me? And I'm like, well, I actually am having trouble downloading it onto my phone. I have to do it on my, you know, my laptop. I'm not going to be home for like 20 minutes. I don't think I'm going to be able to get it in. He's like, no big deal. Obviously, two hours later, thank, thank God. God you didn't take UCLA, you know, uh, or, you know, Zags minus 14 and the under because that would not have hit. But mybookie.ag, promo code ham and the number one. Uh, this guy, Jordan Spieth, right now is 10 to 1. We have the national championship tonight, which is last I saw Baylor minus or plus four and a half. Honestly, I'm not trying to overreact. Feels pretty good value. Uh, 
Baylor plus four and a half. See if it loads for me. But my uh, my internet is not cooperating right now. Screw you, internet. Uh, let me see here. I'm looking as well. I've got Otani going against Cease. You can get the uh, Angels minus one and a half. Um, but when it loads, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, you're correct. Gonzaga minus four and a half. That's the number. Over under 159 and a half. Gonzaga money line minus 210. Baylor money line plus 175. I did see the other day that uh, maybe it was Ravel posted somebody bet 270 to win 30. 270,000 or 250,000 to win 30,000. On, on their Gonzaga money line. The other night. Yeah. Yeah, against UCLA. Um but I, from talking to, I've not watched a ton of Baylor other than this tournament. From talking to people, they say Baylor is basically, if they make shots, they can absolutely beat anybody, but they're a little inconsistent from that regard. We saw UCLA made shots at a really high level. Um, That's as good as they can play. And the Zags didn't play very good like the first half. Right? Yeah, part of that, I do give UCLA some credit, but Gonzaga just missed some shots too at the rim. I, I did think when that game ended, my first inclination was, you win a game the way Gonzaga just won. I kind of feel like the national championship becomes an afterthought in the end. Like you roll the next day. So that was just my first reaction to Gonzaga's win was I think they rolled Baylor. But Baylor is, these are the two most talented teams in the country. Like this is yeah. the game that the purists wanted from the beginning. This is the game when Jay Billis talked, these were the two best teams. Like the two teams that they thought were, yeah. the, obviously Gonzaga was the heavy favorite. They thought Baylor was the most app to give them a game we're getting them to meet thank god like i said a week ago when the or i guess a little less than that because they played on monday and tuesday it was like all these upsets all these upsets and then you look at the final four bracket and really ucla had to take out michigan but it was baylor one houston was a two ucla had a major upset on michigan to get the 11 and then gonzaga yeah like and ucla really you know this time what didn't they lose like four or five of their last games to like kind of plummet to an eleven seed? Weren't they like a four or five seed most of the season? Yeah, I had somebody ask me this on Twitter. Like, well, how did UCLA end up as an eleven seed? They, I, I think what they were most of the year was like a six seed, a five seed, or a six seed, and they played better than that because they played better in the postseason. But yeah, they lost. First of all, they play in a ton of close games. They won a bunch of close games early. They lost their close games late. Happens when you play in a bunch of close games. Sometimes they're coin flips. And that's what happened. They're la- they lost four straight in the year. One was by three. One was by one. One was in overtime. And all four of those losses came to tournament teams. So they were playing better than people realized. The problem for them, they just didn't really play. They had one big non-conference game, Ohio State, and they lost it. So they just didn't have anything on their resume in the non-conference that was going to elevate them. But having watched them all year, there was no question they were better than an 11 seed. It's just their resume in the non-conference is what made it easy to push them down the seed line. You know what happened last night is Jalen Suggs hitting that shot. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Go get your gamble on Baylor Masters. Get ready. Yeah, you use the promo code HAM1. They'll match your deposit 50% up to 1000 bucks. You can also decline the deposit, uh, but either way, go do it. Is that Jalen Suggs' high school football highlights as a quarterback started going viral? Yeah. Ohio State wanted him to be like their next Justin Fields, and he would have been because he was like a five-star guy. Georgia, but uh, clearly he's uh, got a bright basketball career. Uh, he's pretty good, guy. He's pretty good. How and even was he game? was a little off, but you could just his athleticism was just freakish. And he's not that tall, right? He yeah. actually is probably more quarterback height, six four. It's not like he's some six eight guy. No. No, but he's he really is kind of tough. Dwayne Wade-ish, just his freak athlete, a little undersized, but just heart toughness. He picked Tiger Campbell's pocket on the first or second 
tripped down the floor. And I thought, oh, well, this might be Tiger Campbell. That guy played great. I think that was his only turnover of the game. UCLA, I think one one. I got a lot of takes about them watching that game last night, but here's one. I think they're more talented than people talk about them as. Johnny Juzang was a top 25 recruit, went to Kentucky at L.A. Um, Like Jaime Jaquez, really good player. They're 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 a little more talented than people, you know, because they play Mick Cronin basketball. It's like these guys are just tough, which they are, which is why I think there's so much optimism about the future of UCLA basketball because he's going to get really good players at UCLA. He's going to get them to play hard. Um, but someone's you know, like, "What if UNC comes, Colin?" I see. I think he really likes. I watched his press conference. He used to take his daughter to Disneyland every year. Like, so he loved the idea of going to LA. Like, even though he's an East Coast guy, LA really appealed to him. He took his daughter to LA every year in the summer. He's divorced. Yeah. And then the thing he said, no, I guess you, it's warm in North, it's warm in North Carolina too, but a lot of golf around there too. The thing he said at the end of his press conference is like, you know, I just looking forward to getting these guys back to the sun. Like, I think he loves as an East Coast guy, like, I think he really loves LA. Yeah. Um, I, I, I assumed, and I said this on Instagram that he was a low-paid guy just because a lot of times, you know, the the UC systems, they don't have the cash. Uh, he actually is the highest-paid basketball coach in the Pac-12. He makes like $4.5 million. He actually makes a lot of cash. Well, it was a big deal when they hired him because it was like, all right, UCLA, you're going to hire a coach. Are you going to... Where's he coming from? Cincinnati. Yeah. They wanted to hire Jamie Dixon at TCU, and then that fell apart because they had a big buyout, and Rick Barnes kind of used him and got more money, which at the time, I believe Mick was the better hire anyway. Was Jamie Dixon going to come back out here, though? Isn't he a TCU guy? There was back and forth about Who knows? Some people say it wasn't actually going to happen, but that apparently was the guy maybe at the top of their list. Or Rick was, I don't know. But Mick, to me, was definitely the best option, even though I think it's safe to say he wasn't their first option. But um, I just always watch him and thought, if you can get a guy who plays like that to coach the most talented players, you're going to... Like it's it's a winning formula. Yeah, so. and let's listen. This guy wasn't a very good coach, but he actually had the right mindset. Uh, and I think this guy's kind of fraudulent as a person, but as a football coach, I did appreciate like the toughness that he brought. When they hired Jim Morris Jr. to be the head coach of UCLA, remember they have a senior ditch day tradition, like the last practice of the year, you take off, and Jim Mora flipped out. And like told anyone if they jumped over that fence and walked over like they were getting kicked off the team. Whatever it was, I just remember being extreme and making a lot of people uncomfortable. And it kind of set the tone. And again, he turned out he wasn't a good enough coach. Mick has a much better resume as a coach. But that tough mindset, then you started watching UCLA start getting like these Kenny Clarks and Miles Jackson. the best players in the country. It was like, God damn, this is sweet. I know. We we talked about it. I got someone forwarded me our podcast from Friday, like loving us, making fun of the USC, UCLA guys. Oh, because I brought up my cousin Nick Amendola that played football at at UCLA. And he's like the funny, he texted me. He's like the funny part. He got, I think he signed with UCLA in 2000. He's like a year later, we were way cooler. And then Carson Palmer won the uh, Heisman Trophy, and they never looked back for like the next decade. But it's like UCLA has had moments. John, where, like when when Nick got there, Nick always told me the story like he was a walk on linebacker, and they get in drills, and you know in drills, I, I did John's this in high school, I can't imagine what college football is like. You start counting right, and like a tackle drill, like you know one two three. I'll take that little running back, and he did one two three to Maurice Jones Drew. He's like, I'm gonna take this fucking guy on, true freshman. And Maurice levels them and, you know, becomes a star at UCLA. But, like, they were humming. 
And I just think, you know, UCLA football's got a ways to go, but it's cool to see basketball. We need our, you know, our West Coast power. That was a West Coast powerhouse night. It was. It was only the second time, this is a crazy stat, in the history of the Final Four that we had two teams from the Pacific time zone in the Final Four. Goddamn right, guy. How about yeah. that? We're, uh, and I was on another because we were talking about this. We need to start claiming. I don't think we do a good enough job claiming Gonzaga. It's like when Oregon wins, like that's one for the Pacific Northwest. Like that's one for the Pacific Ocean. Gonzaga is just like kind of in their own little world. We need to claim them. Yeah. I'm going to start claiming them. I might, I might buy a Zag shirt or something. By the way, you know who else Jim Mora recruited was Jalen Phillips. The guy we talked about the other day is just like a physical freak show into the draft who I think the Raiders might take. He recruited. He just didn't coach. It was but he why, recruited. It's part of the reason why I got fired is because their talent was always so good and they didn't quite <laughs> translate to wins and losses. Didn't Miles Jack win offensive and defensive rookie of the year? His fr- true freshman, freshman, year? Of the, freshman of the year? I think so. <laughs> On offense and with defense, like no, it was like with a like record no in power five. or something? Was, wasn't that his <laughs> yeah, deal? It was, well, it was, he played running back and he made all the tackles. Was he missing Remember something in his knee, though? Or am I, imagine, am I thinking of Well, yeah, else? that happened later oh, okay. when he got injured. Remember, because he oh, had a bad injury. Physical. But his true freshman year? No, no. Yeah, what he was happened? a running back. He tore his knee, I think, his his junior year, I thought, at okay. UCLA, if okay. memory serves me correct. But his true freshman year, he shows up from Georgia, and it was like, what position does he play? Well, he's our starting middle linebacker, but he sweeted running back, so he played him at running back, and he was awesome. Yeah. Um, has Monica come through yet? Do we know yet? Lewinsky? No, Paul Pierce's party. Has Monica, is Monica going to uh, come through? or? I... You know, I, th- it's one of the greatest viral videos I've ever seen with just guys, wow. video, guys, That's... poker night with just strippers and him just to me, that is the NBA like that. That's what I love is like how pure of a moment, like how real that is. And I just I, I can't love that videos anymore. Well, it just don't you think it's shocking when people start employing people like media entities start employing players? And now in 2021, like they're employing players who've made a quarter of a billion dollars. Like they're not employing players who need it necessarily. Right. So it's hard to tell guys exactly like, Paul, we need, we need you to stay off Instagram live with the poker and the strippers. Paul's like, OK, well, I'm going to stay off the show then. Yeah, that, that ain't you, do you know how, how much did he make? I got uh, Paul Worth white net worth. It said seventy million, but that seems way off. Contract history, Paul Pierce. I would do a guess. I'm gonna say before I look, I'm gonna go two hundred twelve million dollars career earnings. Okay. You want to do a guess? Um. Yeah, I think it's the neighborhood. Yeah, I'm, I was in the neighborhood. Little high, little high. One hundred ninety-five million dollars. <laughs> Plus endorsements. I'd say he saw $240 million over the course of his life. I mean, he was a consistent all-star, you know, some good side endorsements. Yeah. I I would guess a huge reason he does ESPN stuff, because they have ESPN LA. He's an LA guy. He lives in LA. Like, it's just easy for him. It's not because, like, you know, for guy from 2002 to 2015, he never made less than $10 million. And for a long stretch of that, it was 18 to... 16 range yeah so it's and like, money makes money john so who knows what he's really got yeah he's probably got some cash <laughs> so he just wanted monica to come through though yeah safe to say zach lowe monica, you know the that. spot <laughs> what if, what if the thing had panned and zach lowe was there that would have been pretty funny 
Like, who could have been there that would have been the fun from ESPN that would have been the, the fun? Like, Simmons? <laughs> He's not from ESPN anymore, but. Yeah, he, he would never invite. I, I would guess. Stan Verrett. Uh, Bill Barnwell. Barnwell. That's like, they've one. just become buddies. Bill yep. Barnwell. Yep. F- Field Yates would be pretty funny if he was Field. just on the couch with like a 40. <laughs> a 40 and just a. Yeah, no, Field drinks IPAs. Yeah, I can see Field IPA, his dog, and just a stripper next to him. Just That'd be pretty funny. A Robin's Egg Blue Polo. We love Field. <laughs> he had a Roan. I saw he had some Roan. He's got pretty good Instagram Roan, yeah. uh, marketing deals. No, not Roan. A Rowback. Is that what it is? Like R-H-O, right? It's like the dog logo. Don't you have one of those polos with like, it's got a little strip on the back? Oh, like yeah, Like a vertical yeah, yeah. line on the back. I think it's what, Rowback, I think it is. Rowan is very good stuff as well. Yeah, Fields, Fields got high-end. Uh, Fields like a PJ golfer. It's all high-end. It's like Gillette, Rolex, that thing, like dog treats. Like it's it's never just like uh, normal people advertisements. <laughs> He's very on brand. I'll give him that. He's good. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> pro Field. Fields been on the – I mean, we're, we go way back with Field. We're pro Field. Yeah, it's make Love no Field. mistake. You hung, you hung out with him one time in Boston, In Boston, you? yeah. It was a great night. Field just bar hopping. Field Yates. It's a good time. Love Field. All right. Uh, anything else we need to BS about? No, it's time to dive in. Yeah, let's dive in. Okay. I thought about Kyle Shanahan a lot this weekend. You and I have been <laughs> thinking about him a lot. And I've reached a few conclusions. And I want to share a couple of those conclusions here now. You, you think the feeling's mutual? That he thinks about us a lot? <laughs> we should send him a bottle of uh, very nice wine when this is all said and done. And, yeah, we will. And, uh, you know, the YouTube money comes in. So I think Kyle's being miscast in this whole thing about he loves Mac Jones. I think Kyle is a more aggressive coach. I think Kyle in the biggest moments has taken big swings. And I don't think he's going to draft Mac Jones at number three. I think he's going to take Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Why not? Um, well, I think Kyle, and if we look at Kyle's biggest moments, the two Super Bowls he's coached in, one as an assistant, one as a head coach, a couple of things have happened in those in those games. He has repeatedly in the biggest moments – been aggressive and he has repeatedly in the biggest moments needed a quarterback that is that could do things that the two quarterbacks he had couldn't do let me take you back through a couple super bowls we'll start with super bowl 51 the patriots and the falcons i went back and watched some of that game 28-3 guy well they're up 28 to 12 with 944 left in the fourth quarter they have a third and one at their own 36 and what made me think of it was somebody tweeted uh, earlier this week, if Devontae Freeman can pick up Dante Hightower, Julio Jones gets hit on a big bomb, and the pa- and the Patriots find themselves actually in a bigger hole because the Falcons just score a touchdown. And it was correct. Strip sack, Patriots score, all of a sudden it's 28-20. to The next drive, it's 28-20. Falcons actually get down into Patriots territory. They got a second and 11 at the New England 23. They're in field goal range. Did you watch that whole... Didn't they hit Julio on a crazy-ass pass? They hit some big... Yeah. Yeah. 3.56 left in the game. Second and 11. And this is where Kyle Shanahan needs help from his quarterback. He can't have a Mac Jones. Matt Ryan takes a 12-yard sack on the play. Can't take sacks, guy. Can't take sacks in field goal range. New England calls a timeout. 3.56 left. Bing, bang, boom. We know how that game turned out. Super Bowl 54, the play we all remember. Down 24-20. A minute 40 left in the game. They're at midfield. George Kittle stays in the block. Jimmy Garoppolo takes a deep shot, overthrows Emmanuel Sanders. The play we forget is the next play. Where I remember watching it live. You probably remember this too. That was on second down, correct? The shot? Third down. 
Oh, because you're saying the next play was a fourth down. The next play is a fourth down. And remember the play clock expired. The Niners shouldn't have got the playoff. But they did. They didn't stop the play. The snap goes off. For a split second, I remember thinking, they caught a break. Then what happened? Fourth down and 10, they didn't even throw the ball. Jimmy got sacked. I think a couple of those experiences, Kyle being aggressive in the Super Bowl, I bet he thinks he did the right thing. If Devontae Freeman picks up a block, they hit Julio, bam. I heard him. I, I don't know where. I heard him, though, within the last year, bring that situation up and talk about that specifically because people, for, I guess no one forgets, but the huge narrative around that time was Kyle Shanahan blew the game. Yeah. And I think a lot of pushback came from football people like, it's on, like, his job is not to, it's weird. Like, he's not the head coach. The head coach wants to run. He needs to chime in there and tell him what to do. Kyle's job was to be aggressive, try to score points, which had been working, right? I just That's where I've always struggled. Like, do I blame an offensive coordinator for doing what they do well? They had the number one offense all season long. And and like you said, they hit some plays to get down the field the next series as well. After and it's weird. We talk about Matt Ryan in 2021. It's a little different at 16. He was the MVP of the league, right? But, but he... Uh, I think we talk about Kyle based on the quarterbacks he's had, not the plays he calls, and the way he wants to play. Like, I don't think Kyle wanted to sit on the football at the end of the first half of the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. What happened on uh, Firefly, that big play that that, uh, Pat Mahomes hit, Tyreek? Wasp. Wasp. Mahomes is actually Kept backpedaling. I think Kyle wants to take more risks than we give him credit for because he's a guy that loves to pound the ball and he loves to pound the ball and he's played with Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo and so we think in some ways it's hard to put him in a box we talk about him sometimes like he's not a risk taker but when you when you watch him you you can tell that he's a risk taker then I start thinking this about Kyle too John he's a modern man Kyle wears flat bills and Yeezys and joggers that's not a guy that lives in the past that's a guy that likes a little flair uh, for a guy that just wants to pound the ball, he has he has a little style. He has a little he has a little flair. He wants to be cool. He wants to dominate. He wants to embarrass you. He doesn't just want toughness, but he wants toughness. Are, well, are Yeezys what modern people wear? Or just what rich cool people, rich wear? modern people. <laughs> yeah. But Fields and Lance are that man. They're tough and they got flair. They, I, I cannot see him making another choice other than those two. It, it would. I think we think. The way he gets talked about is like those other quarterbacks that he's had are in his DNA. I think his DNA is Fields or Lance. I think his DNA is, I want my shit to be cool, man. Like, I want to punish people, but I I want it to be cool. I want it to be modern. I want it to be kind of what we thought we would get from Gruden at times. I I think his DNA is Lance or Fields. Well, I I think why people think that is because they run a run-first offense as does McVay, as does LaFleur. Uh, so it just, whenever you're run first, you're like, you know, you're kind of staying closer to the slow lane than you are the, the fast lane. Because when I think, like, Andy Reid, people are like, bombs away! Right? It's just like, yeah. Andy does not want to run it. Like, a run for him is like a screen pass. Bombs away! Even though, just thinking about, like, the Saints game, remember when they were down and, like, Kyle pulls out this double pass? Like, he, I mean, he he does huge bombs a lot. He often has plays where he pushes the ball down the field. Uh, and the other thing is, I think people just, it's easy because we just base it on his previous quarterbacks. And beside Jimmy is the only one where he had control over, right? He had to say yes on the trade, and then he had to say yes on the extension. 
but they were in kind of no man's land. They just had like a bird in the hand. They didn't want to fuck around with cousins. They could get Jimmy for cheaper. So it was like they were going to save, you know, what, 15 plus million dollars of guaranteed money. Jimmy was like 70 or 71. Cousins was like 86. So it was just you're saving a little money if you just thought they were equals. I actually think you could argue that moment, it would have been an easy pivot point. Just like, just let Jimmy go or franchise and trade him and sign Cousins. He didn't do that. Like, that was an open-minded moment. Now, you could say, well, John, he was had his back against the wall because Jimmy had just won five games. It would have been nuts. Yeah. But he had the juice to do whatever he wanted. And two, it's just based on previous quarterbacks, which he had zero control over. And he mentioned it, and I think we think about this. And when I say we, I just mean the conventional wisdom. Is he coach Cousins for three years? As he said, I coach Kirk Cousins in three actual games. He said that on that that uh, the day they had their press conference. You think about it, you're like, yeah, RG3 took the first couple seasons. And then he got banged up and Cousins played a little bit. But Cousins was never, Cousins became the full-time starter under Jay Gruden. I actually think McVay is a good example of, like, if you just had the ultimate pocket quarterback that can't move, but he's accurate and just plays within the scheme. Well, it's kind of Jared Goff. That's kind of his DNA. And he limits this offense, which they run the same fucking thing. And what did Sean McVay, who Kyle has had a front row seat of seeing their, and you've always said it's like a vacation when they play Jared Goff because they kicked the hell out of him. Kyle's had his front row seat for that. And what Sean McVay say? I can't do this anymore. Trade first round picks, send Jared, we'll throw to third, just get me something better. Like they embraced it. And their buddy, who they all hang out with and who goes back to that quarterback collective that we found out nine years old. It Kyle McVay, like visited once. Yeah, it was McVay, Kyle, Mike, and LaFleur. Well, LaFleur got the best of both worlds. He's like, yeah. Hey, guys, I got Aaron Rodgers, who keeps saying weird shit on national television, but he's under contract. He's not going anywhere. Now Is he he's hosting Jeopardy this week? Is that this week? I think it's tomorrow. Oh, okay. I, I, I think it's Monday. Yeah. Uh, I saw, the, I saw like, the 30-minute, like, little uh, intro deal. It's pretty funny. He's got this, like, shit-eating grin on his face. So happy to be doing it. But, like, that's... Like, ask LaFleur what it's like having that. Like, because their team's kind of flawed, but he kicks so much ass, they win 26 games in two years. So I'm with you. I I think it's a very, I I hate the word lazy analysis, because a lot of times lazy analysis, like there's usually something there with a lazy analysis. Like Kyle has had success coaching these type players. I just think it's fair to say, if you just look at the words he said, look at some evidence like you had, if he has his chance, which now he does, to take somewhat of a swing for the fences. Because typically the Cousins, the Jimmies, the Goffs, like best case scenario, they're a double. And as we saw with Matt Ryan, like he's the be- he's probably better than that. He's probably more like a triple. But even him, like his ceiling is capped. Yeah, yeah. I, to your point, the Mac Jones stuff, there it's not illogical talk. Yeah, I don't but think I'm, it's lazy analysis for people to say. And, and this gets back to defending Mac Jones. I think he's better than the way everyone's shitting on him for. I think the illogical part of it is assuming, and you know, accept this premise. I don't think anybody's like to call to say Mac Jones is safe. I don't buy that. I don't because I don't think anybody's ever really. There's only a handful of guys that are ever safe. But I, I think where we where, where the analysis, the general consensus misses the boat. It's talking about Kyle like he's not a risk taker. Where I think actually, as history tells us, he is a risk taker. He look did, at this move right here. Guys. Yeah, look at this move right here. I I think he is that, and I think. The way he's talked about Josh Allen, what he saw up close and personal with um, Patrick Mahomes, I, I, I just, I think it's, I think these are the guys, Fields and Lance. I think these are the guys that he naturally, deep in his DNA, they can do more stuff. What does Kyle want to do? Kyle wants to do as much cool stuff as he can. 
People forget the game that Jimmy tore his ACL was against the Chiefs. Remember? If I'm pretty sure they were down 35 nothing and half, and Mahomes, that was like Mahomes MVP season, and it was just like, oh my God, what is this guy doing? So he's had he's had he's witnessed just some remarkable games from just Mahomes yeah. now twice. Yeah. Yeah. And you can say, well, there's only one Mahomes. I'm not saying they're going to draft a Mahomes. I'm just saying you just aspire to get more Thule's guys. Like, have guys with the physical attributes, physical tools. He would just go, well, even Andy claimed he loved Mahomes. Like, I've been saying forever, they'd be the first to admit he's infinitely better than they ever envisioned. Like, they thought he'd be a top-five type quarterback. They didn't think he'd be the best quarterback of all time. Now, maybe Veach, who actually went on record before he'd ever started a game, said it was the best player he'd ever scouted. But when the best player you ever scouted, it just means it's like his ceiling, it's actually his floor is way higher in your view than if the guy just becomes a good player, then like he's going to be Dan Marino or John Elway. Yeah. He's just saying the talent there is stupid. That's also, what it's basically saying. We use Mahomes all the time. And you're right, there's only one Mahomes, but there's a slew of other athletic, really good quarterbacks that have been game changers in the sport. Yeah. And we could talk, we could name them for, they're not the majority, but we could talk about them forever, right? You're even talking like you're saying like Randall Cunningham. I'm talk, yeah, I'm talking stuff. about Steve Young, Deshaun Watson. We start talking about those guys. Michael right? Vick. Yeah, whoever. Donovan McNabb. Like we just start going down yeah. the list of guys. There's just they they don't have to be Patrick Mahomes to be great players. And I think part of my premise. Well, if I told with you this, Justin Fields is going to be Donovan McNabb, would you say you have to take that? Yes. In a heartbeat, you would have to take that. Yeah. And part of the premise here is like Donovan McNabb probably was as good as he could be with Andy Reid. I think Kyle Shanahan will get the most out of any of these guys. I think he'll get more out of them than most other teams would. Right? Yeah. You go to McVay, you go to Sean Payton, okay. But Kyle's at the top of that list with them. So I the more I think about it, we got a long way to go. Things happen. I just I think it would be out of his character to draft. I actually Mac think Jones, the Donovan McNabb not in his character. I think the Donovan McNabb is is a good one. We get in some comps here in a second. Okay, but let's I do think that. Donovan McNabb, you would say people would say he's like a fringe, like really good, not a Hall of Famer, but definitely better. Like was a four or five, six time Pro Bowler. He changed Andy Reid's life, right? You gave him a chance Four to win a AFC Super Bowl. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you had shots to win. You just, all you can ask is over the Over and over and over. All you can ask yeah. is the chance. Right now, go to American-Giant.com and use the promo code HAM. We've done it. We're wearing American Giant. You can check out some of our videos on YouTube. You'll see us in the American Giant hoodie, the classic full zip hoodie, the greatest hoodie ever made, as well as some of the t-shirts, which we also love. American-Giant.com. Promo code HAM. John gets you 15% off your first order. Yeah, no, they sent me a hoodie. They sent you a hoodie. They are big. They are thick. I mean, I I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, the, the just how sturdy they were. It's dur- I felt like just when so I, durable. Yeah, it's just gonna last you for years. Obviously, American made, no big deal. Red, white, and blue. They got you covered. Uh, I I can't recommend the hoodie enough. Go get one. I mean, that's what I would do right now. American Dash Giant promo code AM. You know, somebody who works at a desk a lot. This is probably not what they were designing when they thought of it, but. I get a lot of the things I wear, like T-shirts, if it's a long sleeve, or other hoodies I wear. They'll get this elbow kind of wear on them because my my elbows are always right on the desk. That's where the double, like the double patch on the uh, classic full zip hoodie for American Giant and the durable fabric, heavyweight cotton, custom developed uh, f- cotton fleece 
made from locally grown cotton comes in so big. 100% American made from the cotton to the zippers. You got a few V-necks. I got a few crew necks. Love the t-shirts oh. as well. I always recommend a slub. Something for the ladies in addition to something for you guys. Get the classic full zip hoodie at American-Giant.com today. Use the promo code HAM for 15% off your first order. Yep, 15% off when you use the code HAM at American-Giant.com. Do it now. We're big fans. All right, I, I was thinking about the quarterbacks that are here at three for Kyle Shanahan. And I you started, did some thinking this weekend. I did I did a lot of thinking. I was in the car driving to my parents' house in Davids, like an hour drive, opened the windows, sunroof back, just listened to Pandora. I had the Yacht Rock channel, which is my favorite Pandora channel going, and just tried to, tried to churn out, tried to really organize my mind and think about what I think of these quarterbacks. And just over the next three weeks, where do I stand on what the Niners should do and who their real options are? In the Mercedes AMGs, you just press a button to get the sunroof back, or do you have to manually? Well, yeah, do it? In, in the Maybach, you just told you just tell the driver to drop the sunroof. Uh, uh, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so uh, here's a, I, I got a I, I I got a bunch of things I think kind of fit into this one category of who these guys remind me of, and here are some comps for you. I'll give you three. I got Zach Wilson and Derek Carr. I got Justin Fields as Justin Herbert, and I got Trey Lance as Josh Allen. Now, these are not exact, and so I want you to pick these apart a little bit, and we can kind of play devil's advocate and go back and forth on, on where the fits are. But when, when I say those things, what I'm also saying is I think that the quarterback that Kyle Shanahan can draft, in part because Kyle Shanahan is drafting him, can be better than the guy drafted it too if it's Zach Wilson. And I also think that if it's Justin Fields – because remember, my comp for Justin Fields there was Justin Herbert. I think if Kyle Shanahan drafts Justin Fields at three, I think Justin Fields will lead rookie quarterbacks in touchdowns in his rookie season. I think he'll throw more than 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 Lance. I think certainly I think he'll throw more than Zach Wilson. I think even you might have kind of that Trevor Lawrence has tried to carry the Jags Peyton Manning first year where he looks, you go, yes, they drafted the right guy. But from a statistical standpoint, it's not as dramatic. So that's part of the reason why I settled on Herbert for Fields. Part of it is just the physicality, the arm strength. We had some of the same Herbert questions, right? Like, ah, does he see the field? Does he get to a second read? And then it turns out, yeah, he's just done. And I think if Fields plays for the Niners, I think we'll have some of those same conversations we had about about Fields. So, all right, you can take any of those that you want to start with. What do you think? I love the Zach Wilson car thing because I just think the raw talent jumps off just we we watched him during the some some people like text me like have you dove into the quarterbacks I'm like I don't know if you know my life but I, I don't have three kids I watched them all live all fall I was in the deep end back in November <laughs> yeah it's like uh, uh you know BYU played 11 games I watched nine of them live uh Mac Jones I don't think I missed a snap and Justin Fields that was probably hit or miss. I watched six and a half games of his, you know, and, and not including his playoff run. So it's like, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. Like, have you dived in? Like, yeah, I watched it live. All of it. Even, even Zach Wilson, because he kind of blew up fast. It was like, you gotta be paying attention to this guy. Right. Yeah, we yeah. talked a lot about him during the fall. Loved and the they were playing. Remember they were playing a ton of games. So it was like, Oh, well you're on the West coast. There's nothing really. No, no, the teams out here are playing. Yeah. And they kind of got thrown on a couple like Friday nights, just like solo shots. You're like, damn, this kid, Love the car comparisons. Uh, just He just pops, right? Because he's just running around, freelancing a little bit, different arm angles, and just making remarkable throws. But the question that I continue to hear is like, does that just translate? Like, does that just, you come to the NFL against, you just play the Chargers. 
you're the Jets. And you're just like, okay, we play the Chargers. Like when Bosa runs at you and Kenneth Murray's running around and just some of their other guys and and maybe Derwin James is back, does he just look like that sweet anymore or does he get fucking destroyed? And I'm not trying to diminish the kid because I enjoyed watching him, but that is a that's a question that no one knows the answer to. It was like Johnny Manziel. It's like, well, Johnny just ran around the SEC and I'll never forget a Thursday night game. Maybe it wasn't even a Thursday night game. Maybe it was his rookie year playing the Panthers. And he tried to get to the sideline, and Keekley's like, no, actually, I'm going to meet you about the the hash, and I'm going to throw your ass down harder than you've ever been thrown around. And he got, it looked like a gazelle running away from a lion, and the lion got him like that. And it was like, it's going to be hard for Johnny. And you knew right away. You're like, you know, I don't know. Now, he went in the pick in the 20s. This guy's being talked about it, too. The more and more, I think he's become a little overrated. Uh, but I love the comp. Because Derek, it turns out, should not have gone second round. He belonged in somewhere probably 10 to 20, right? He, Derek shouldn't go number one overall. I mean, based on his career, he'd go one or two on that draft. But like him and Jimmy, where they probably belonged is both Derek at like pick 15 and Jimmy at pick 28. Instead, Derek went in the 30s and Jimmy went at the end of the second round, right? Would you agree with that? Yes. Uh, Hold on. Can, can I stick, stick on that for a second? Yeah. The the other part of the comp to me is, and Derek, you know, Derek has added quite a bit of weight since college, um, in a good way, and I think you know Zach, if you're going to be a playmaker, looks like he gained an inch too, didn't it? Derek, Derek did get yeah. Derek, I remember when we saw him early at the Raiders, we thought he gotten taller. If um, I told you right now he's six three and change and two thirty, isn't that pretty believable? Yeah, is, what's he? Is he listed at six two? I think he, what he—that was his height—is for Fresno State. Yeah, he looks bigger to me than Zach Wilson, but maybe Zach. You know, p- people are saying Zach's tall. You know, he measured in at six two, and so. But I think they both play like they grew up watching the Packers. Derek wears number four for a reason, and uh, obviously loves Favre as well. I mean, loves uh, Rogers as well, and Zach Wilson plays like he grew up watching Rogers. The thing about him is they're not. The, they're not Lance or Fields in terms of like just the girth of their midsection, right? So it is a little like they're not pulling away from two-arm tackles and that sort of thing. And we watched Derek a lot, you and I, in college. And Derek, they were explosive, like really explosive. I, I don't know if you saw the video that I think Warren Sharp tweeted the other day with Zach Wilson from the uh, Coastal Carolina game, but I think he was untouched. The protection that he had was fantastic. And so it's really hard to know. Like, clearly, he's got the creativity bone in his body. I think Derek's arm is stronger than Zach's, at least like Derek's ability to throw bullets. I don't know. Zach throws a good deep ball. Derek, I think, has Derek has a really good arm. Um, maybe somebody would disagree on that with Zach, but I think Derek's arm's better. Uh, but I, that's where I think the stylistically, they're a little, they're, they are very similar, I think. And, and I, to your point, I think Derek. If he was coming out of college in 2021, he'd be a top 15 pick. He'd be a top 10 pick. I mean, you know how this stuff goes. Completely agree. Uh, let's go to Trey Lance. Here, My issue with the Josh Allen comp is Trey's one season, he was pretty accurate. Like, Yeah, Josh I think Allen's, that's the biggest nitpick of this comp. To me, Josh Allen's the number one thing I think he was known for. Like, he had everything, right? His height, his character. His arm was like the modern-day Jamarcus Russell. It was just like, why was he so inaccurate? And then clearly he's figured that out in pros by his third year. He's a pro bowler and looks like he's a star. 
But that's where I'd nitpick because I'd say the, there was one thing Josh Allen was known. It'd be like Steph Curry coming out. Everyone knew him for shooting threes, like coming out of Davidson. Josh Allen, when you just said Josh Allen th- around draft time, I give, I give PMT some credit. Remember that was like joshallen.com for number one to go number one overall. Like the part of my take guys had a big push for him to go number one overall. But I, I, the one comp that I've heard in NFL circles going around by a couple college directors was Kaepernick. And, and I think Kaepernick, like Derek, a modern-day Kaepernick, what he was doing would have been with his physical attributes, his height, his arm strength, would have been viewed as a fringe top 10 pick. He, he might have been Trey Lance, but back then it was like running this weird offense. Now I think he would be the equivalent of what he did at Nevada coming out with all the tools. No chance he goes early 30s, right? He goes top 12. Yeah. And I actually, and when you think about Kaepernick, it was like, well, he's going to need some time. What do they say about Trey Lance? He's going to need some time. I actually kind of like the Trey Lance. And people, the Kaepernick thing has gotten weird. The thing he was known for coming out of college, like 4.0 GPA, people loved him at school. We were at Fresno State. I remember our pro day, I actually Instagrammed a picture the other day from that pro day. Anthony Harding was his high school teammate from Turlock. Kaepernick at the pro day came to Fresno. I think it might have been Nevada's spring break. Remember, he still had a year left. Like on that that pro day would have been in 2010. He had his 2010 season, went pro in 2011. I remember Kaepernick came back and like Coach Hill like pulled up the rope and like told him to get in here. And it was just like he was one of the dudes. And I think he was known as a really, really high character. I'm not saying he's not a high character guy now. It's just gotten fucking weird with his life or whatever. But Kaepernick, I kind of like, I like the Kaepernick comp. See, the reason I don't like the Kaepernick comp is because I think you know, as it turned out, you had, athlete. Ch- you had to change the offense for him and you run in large, in part what you ran in college, which was devastating. But, but it's, yeah. Well, Whereas Trey Lance pick, is running what, like Trey Lance is doing Kyle Shanahan stuff. I already. think part of the Kaepernick comp though is more body attributes and just the physical well, freakness. See, again, I, that's, I, I'll, I'll disagree there too. I think Trey Lance from a freakness standpoint, yes. But I think Trey Lance, like Colin wasn't, Colin was a great, you always said the straight line runner. He was not a great mover in the pocket. I think Trey Lance is a little more of a, like break a tackle in the pocket, make a throw, not hit the whole run. I mean, he'll, you know, obviously you can run with him effectively. Physically, he's thicker. Where the Kaepernick comp would get nitpicked offensively was like, Kaepernick had no choice. His offense was, no one did that, right? And Nevada. Like yeah. his it was he was so unique that it was a hard transition. That's where this guy's gonna transition. Like they do more normal stuff. Like they've always been known in North also, Dakota. Colin State. didn't th- didn't throw with touch. Sorry, keep keep making that point. Yeah. Well you compared him to Josh Allen, who didn't either. That's true. But he has. I Colin never developed it. Josh has. Yeah. It's just an unknown. Uh, but a little bit like your Zach Wilson. There is a huge projection. Same with Kaepernick from Nevada. Same with uh, Carr from Fresno State. That's the thing that Justin Fields, Mac Jones do not have, right? You'll never be like, oh, what are they going to look like against the best players? Like, oh, yeah, we watched them their entire careers. Yeah. Against the best guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who's your Justin Fields comp? Uh, real quick on that. The other point on that is that part of that comp is I, I think he'll play kind of like him just in terms of his physicality in the pocket. And I think his career trajectory might look more like his, right? Where it comes in and maybe it's 50, maybe it's maybe it takes three years, then you go, whoa, okay. I mean, you kind of saw it in year two with Josh. I well, think that he, he, may he, be he, Trey Lance's maybe he's more accurate early, like you said. Well, here would be my thing. 
the way Mel Kuyper, who's on this podcast, Mel described Kuyper. Trey Lance. Oh to yeah, us. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mel on this podcast, right? Like a Kaepernick, like a Mahomes needed a year. And whenever the needs a year comes up, I would say modern day, modern day, back in the day, it was normal to sit forever, right? Even like it was normal when Carson Palmer sat for a year behind Kitna, let alone in the 90s. You're hoping that the development, like it's going to work, like you can kind of mold him from scratch. Like when you hire, when you hire an intern out of college, I, you know, most people just watched enough like TED Talks on YouTube that these guys go like, listen, like I, I'm not expecting you if we're at Goldman Sachs to understand, you know, everything that goes on in the finance world. We're going to teach you. Right? right. Right. That's our job. We're just looking for someone hungry, someone we think has intellectual capacity, someone who's willing to work. And I think Bill Belichick would tell you the same thing about Josh McDaniels when he was 25. Like it's all anyone's looking for in young people. Same thing with these prospects. And it gets back to my initial talk about Mac Jones or anybody when they made this trade, like there's so much unknown on whoever they get, what it's actually going to be like once you get a hold of them every day. Yeah. And I think, that, you know, whether it's Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, like I, I just think you have a lot of unknown with how it's going to react. Those two guys to like every day in practice, it's like, okay, Fred Warner is the guy covering your running back. Can you figure that out? Right. Like he's faster than any linebacker you've ever seen. Like that's who you're going to see every day. And like George Kittle is dramatically better than anyone you've ever played with. Like you have to, you have to lead him an extra five yards on just a shorter pass. You're used to like not even having to lead a guy because he's slow. Like it's just, and all of a sudden the first day it's really ugly. And you're like, no big deal. Like next day it's way better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But sometimes I bet half the guys the next day isn't way better. It's like, I'm overwhelmed. And that's what you're, those two guys would make me nervous about the learning process. Like I would be fascinated over beers if you're just sitting there and it might be hard because last year with Corona, the season was so weird. You didn't have any developmental time. But if LaFleur was here and be like, in your developmental time with Jordan Love, was it positive? Or are you are you sitting here today a little nervous? And, and he might say, listen, honestly, we were just so dead set on the season, we couldn't even fuck around with it. Or maybe he'd say, you know, in the limited time we've had, it, you know, me and Gudikins, we look at each other like, ooh, <laughs> you know. But they would always go back to this year, we're going to know a lot more. Yeah, yeah. But there is like, ooh, <laughs> One, and one of these guys, maybe both of them, wherever they go, are going to be like, ooh. Well, see, that's where I separate Lance and, and um, before we get to Fields, where I separate Lance and Zach Wilson a little bit just because of Lance's phys- physical size. Whereas yeah. if you misread Fred Warner, maybe Fred's tackling everybody. But I do think Lance might have a better chance at breaking a one-arm tackle. That's why I, I just would, know, that's why I I would just know the him. way... I just know the way Zach Wilson played in college against me and you's just throwing it around. It ain't going to be that easy. In the no, playoffs. no. But 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 what would help him is if he's a little thicker, and that's why I would. That's why the Lance thing. If you're going to play that way, and not that Trey did, but if you're going to play that way, your physicality does come into play. Well, that's where Zach Wilson, the the car comp, like physically, there. I think Jimmy also is probably a pretty good comp too. That body type, that six two two fifteen. Yeah. Who when you when you're around this, and we're lucky enough to have been to these practices and been to games on the sideline, like the Jimmys and the Derricks when they walk out, do not physically look like Eli, Peyton, Tom, Philip Rivers. Like those guys when they walk by, you're like. 
is that guy a starting small forward in the NBA? Like they are massive, and that's not these guys. like Zach Wilson's not like that. No, but I do now, think Rogers Derek is, is not a six five guy. No, he's not. But I think Derek, unlike I think Derek's a little just springier of an athlete than Garoppolo is. He is. Yeah. All right. The, he's a better he's a better better physical prospect than Garoppolo. It's probably why he went way higher than him. When I say way higher, like way higher in that round than Jimmy. Right. Well, the field's comp was Herbert, physically freak, big school, obviously biggest school you could argue. Um, there were the questions that we had about Herbert similar, right? Like, does he ever, sometimes he doesn't get the ball out quick enough. Does he get to his second read? But his physical skills were at the top of the chart. His arm strength, the top of the chart. Sneaky athlete. I don't even know if you would call Herbert sneaky athlete, but obviously field superior athlete. Um, and I think with fields, again, I, part of the comp is I think if Kyle Shanahan drafts fields, I think he has the best chance to make it look like Herbert year one. Like if he's on the Niners, I think he'll throw more touchdowns than Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. Um, and I think it'll look like maybe in year one, Kyle would have drafted this guy at two. Like that's 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 how I arrived in part at, at Herbert. What, what do you think of that comp? Uh, I think Herbert is just a much bigger specimen. I mean, he's got him by. I mean, Justin Fields is six three. This guy's Herbert's I mean, six, over six, six foot six. Yeah. You know, and I've st- you've uh, you've seen him. I've seen him. He's massive. Ten ten inch hands. He weighed two hundred and thirty five pounds at the combine. I mean, he could probably be two forty five pretty easy by the time he's in his late twenties, right? He, I he's gonna live in L A. Probably be a healthier diet than Roethlisberger. But as his body fills out with like good muscles, he might be enormous, right? In a good way, like just be like, oh my. God, that guy's a freak. I I get back to the McNabb thing. Now, McNabb was a little shorter, but I, I like the Herbert because Herbert is a really good athlete. And just being having running a fast 40 time, like Herbert was a 4.68 guy. Fields ran 4.4 flat. Being a great athlete doesn't mean you're very fast, right? Some, some great athletes are slower. Like Steph Curry is not anywhere near as fast as Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is dramatically a better twitcher athlete, but Steph is a big-time athlete, right? And Clay, too. I mean, you, but he's not a twitchy guy. So you got to balance that. I think Fields is much twitchier. Donovan, who was smaller but played bigger, you know, was a college basketball guy, so knew how to use his body type. Her- I think when you when you think about a guy that, like, you, you, you bring up Zach Wilson, like, he would, I, I don't envision him, like, breaking a tackle from Nick Bosa or something to, like, roll out. What, when you think Donovan, young Donovan, he could like break shit and keep things alive. Yeah, it's an interesting so one. Sturdy, <laughs> and I think Justin Herbert's going to have that. And I actually think Justin Fields will have that, but he's faster than all these guys. So when he takes off, it could, it might look like RG three. It's like holy shit. That's where when you talk about the prospect, he's an elite prospect. You know, he's taller than the short guys. And when I say the short guys, like six one, six two, like he's in the six threes. He has elite speed for a quarterback. He has elite arm strength, and he had elite production in his time in college. Now, are there things to work on? Of course there are. Donovan McNabb needed a lot of work, and he got with Andy Reid, and looking, he made six Pro Bowls. And I think everyone would say this guy's actually a better football player than Donovan was. So, like, I I don't see how the Scott, like, to me, by far, of all the ceilings in this class, I think you could include Trevor Lawrence, if Justin Fields hits, like I think he's a superstar guy, a superstar. I think he's a and and on this team with this coach with the personnel around him, superstar. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I do think Lance could be too, but but I also think if the Niners had ended up at two, 
it would not surprise me in the slightest if they would. I wouldn't shock me if you told me that Kyle Shanahan has Lance and Fields ahead of Zach Wilson. I I would be shocked if he doesn't. At least one of them. Fields Whoever. for sure. I, but because I, 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 I can see I think him liking Lance. I, I've been saying. I've been telling you for a while. I, I and I know a lot of people in the NFL think he's going to like Lance more than Fields, which is believable. I think that just Justin. I get their names mixed up. Trey Lance, Justin Herbert. Uh, Justin Justin Fields Fields. (laughs) Justin Fields has the highest ceiling because he was a five-star guy he lived up to the hype I watched him against Clemson do it it's like I know it translates when he's on Uh, but I I told you the moment the trade happened maybe we talked about it like on Sunday the trade happened on Friday I believe to my core whether it's Fields or Lance I I don't know I, I would die to have the inside information I think they have their guy picked when they made the trade. Yeah, well, part of that is and we're not buying the report that they're like Lynch wants one guy and Kyle wants another guy and there's some disagreement. Not a soul who actually knows is leaking. That's not how the Niners operate. I There is something deep, deep within me that thinks he's going to draft Lance. That he loves the idea, not just of the player, but of being able to take this guy from North Dakota State and turning him to an NFL superstar. See, I think that when we talk about risks, like we said, just because Mac Jones has the a fl- high floor does not mean that his risk could be even the other. His risk might right? be We've just all... as high as these other guys' risk. Yeah, I think it, it certainly is. fields. I actually think taking Trey Lance is a pretty risky move. Yeah, you know that. I mean, you take it a one-year starter, small school. It, it just be but highly it, productive. I think is easy to kind of see what he would look like in your offense. I don't think I'm it's that saying, hard to talk if yourself you chose into Trey it. Trey Lance over Justin Fields. Like I think that's pretty risky. Yeah, yeah. Well, if that's the case, the the fourth quarterback off the board might turn into the most productive one right away. At least the yeah, second I mean, best quarterback. It, it was just three years ago when the three guys came out or two guys came out of high school. It was one A and one B, and it was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Rivals. That's the I, I think there are other twenty four seven. That's the that's the one I use. I think that both sides one two not quarterbacks players in the country. Five stars. Like, they were the elite guys. Then they lived up to the elite. Now, the difference is Trevor started right away and Justin couldn't and then had a transfer. I think that's aged well. And I, I actually, when I was talking to my SEC buddy, I was like, well, don't you think Georgia regrets that? And they're like, no, I think they thought Jake Fromm was like their Mac Jones, just not quite as good. Like They were I trying to he, win a, cha- a national championship, not, yeah. Yeah, and this guy was just pretty raw. And, and Trevor was, I think... There was a reason he was one, not two. He was a little more pro-ready, right? He hit the ground running. I actually saw a headline on The Athletic today. Is like, DJ Ungale. They had their spring game on Saturday. Yeah. It's like, he's ready. <laughs> They're probably going to be pretty good. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Isn't it Ooh, Ungale? Is that what it is? Yeah, just I'm fucking huge and going to dominate. I met him at, or- at an Oregon spring practice a few years ago before he committed to Clemson. He's a massive, massive dude. To me, the two college quarterbacks I'm excited to watch are him and I think the Bryce Love guy for Alabama is going to start. Yeah. With Bill O'Brien, who I heard someone say, oh, it was Michael Lombardi said that Matt, one of Mac Jones' roles has been this offseason while he's getting ready for the draft, teach Bill O'Brien the Alabama offense. <laughs> what? Well, I just think he's there training, hangs out with the that facility. That is fantastic. And Bill probably has some stuff for him. Yeah, I just think if you're if you're Bill O'Brien, wouldn't you want to spend time with Mac Jones? I because I think Bill O'Brien is talking to people in the NFL, like he spent a lot of time with them, just signing off on. I think everyone acts like Bill O'Brien's the village idiot. Like 
He is Alabama's offensive coordinator, and he didn't make the playoffs four out of five years. Well, you, we, you now, and I talked issues, about this a lot. I wouldn't want him running my team, but he, he won more games than we talk about him as he did, right? Yeah, we talk about, like, do you see this Hugh Jackson thing going down? It's like Hugh. No one wants to relitigate your time as the head coach for the Browns. It wasn't all your fault, but you were a clown and you were terrible. So you can't do this victimhood of th- there's this thing because he has a book coming out. Oh, okay. I guess there was a moment where Jimmy Haslam and John Dorsey walk into his office and say like they're going in a different direction, and Hugh Jackson points to the door and says, "Get the fuck out of my office." And if I what was a Jimmy Haslam, be like. This is my office, actually, and no, you pack your shit up and go. I mean, do you do that moment just so you can write about it later in the book? I mean, to tell, did you can the tell moment, people did you the did mo- it. Guy, did the moment even happen? <laughs> so, all right, what do you think of this on fields? That if he's the Niners pick, that he could lead the rookie quarterbacks in touchdowns. Just as an aside, last year, LaVisca Chenault caught five touchdowns in 14 games. Keenan Cole caught five touchdowns in 16 games. DJ Chark caught five touchdowns in 13 games. Um, so if I said Chark, Chenault, you know, could Trevor Lawrence, my inclination was that Fields would throw more touchdowns than Trevor Lawrence this year. That was part of the Herbert comp. At a, at, at a game, no. At a game. But they'd all get to play in that game. What do you uh, What do you think? What do you think? Fields on the Niners, would you pick him coming into the season as the rookie with the most touchdown passes. Well, the year the, the Niners went 13-3 and made the Super Bowl, Jimmy threw 27 touchdowns. I just think the way Kyle would play would just ease him into it, running the ball. I could see him having an extra four or five on the ground. Yeah. What Herbert have this year? Uh, a million. 30, 31, which I thought was a rookie record, but don't quote me I think that. it was because he, he, broke, uh, he broke some rookie record that it was like, wait, that was the record? That guy had the record, remember? I I don't I I would doubt it. My my pushback would be like uh, becoming only the fourth rookie to achieve. Baker had the record before him. That's what it was. Oh yeah, but I'm not saying he's going to set a record. I'm just saying he'll throw more touchdowns than the other rookies. But you think the Jags are just going to throw the ball a ton? Yeah, I mean, I just I just think the way the 49ers want to play, they would probably keep me like 25 and just score touchdowns other ways. I mean, they do run the ball a lot. Yeah, I, to, to me, 25 might lead rookies. I mean, he threw 31 touchdowns, but remember, he did not play week one. He only played in 15 games. Herbert, yeah. Yeah, two extra games. If Herbert got two extra games, what's that number at 36? Yeah, I mean, why not? So, maybe just, the, just, the, just an early take. What about this? Like, they had a pretty explosive offense. The Niners would have a pretty explosive offense. He became his rookie season only four guys, and it's all within the last decade, of course, with the game changing. Rookie quarterbacks have thrown over 4,000 yards Cam, Luck, Jameis, and Herbert. Like, I just think they would accumulate a lot of yards, right, with Kyle. If 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 you told me Justin Fields starts 17 games, I would bet he would get close to the 4,000-yard mark 20, just with the offense. 27 Even touchdowns. if they did a lot of work like 20 to 20, yeah. right, and yeah. ran some balls in. Also, Herbert had five touchdowns on the ground. I mean, could Fields have like nine touchdowns on the ground? Yeah, because I think he, like Lance, you're not afraid to run him. Same with Herbert. Although there were because times he, with Herbert where it's like, oh. But there were also times with uh, it's the way it goes, Fields. I, I mean, he got crushed in the national championship. Like, you can't be breaking ribs. Like, you got to be – it's a hard balance. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, Jimmy doesn't run around. He fucking he's missed. Yeah, that's part of the games. deal. Like the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the athleticism sometimes gets you out of the trouble. Sometimes it puts you in trouble, but sometimes it gets you out of trouble. 
It's like Jimmy's torn his ACL. He's hurt his ankle like seven times. Like, oh, does he run the triple option? No, he's a pocket quarterback. He does. He gets all his action, you know, and he falls on people. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came for the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions last night i was thinking about ordering out and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code ham50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball too. I've got some season long, more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but. I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered... Can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots. 
performance, pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the Game Time app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome to uh, the greatest week of Jim Nance's life every week, every year, John. The national championship, the final four, and then the Masters this week. And this could be a special one, even, unfortunately, without Tiger Woods. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of sad. I, I guess because they did play in you know, in November that it's not like he would have been handing out the green jacket. I, I saw they were showing some clips during for the lead up for the masters during watching the Valero, watching Jordan Spieth win. And they just kind of have a montage and, you know, they usually end the montage of all the, everyone doing their sweet fist bumps with tigers in 2019. Yeah. And it's Patrick Reed putting on the green jacket. You know, it's cool last year with Tiger putting on the green jacket for Dustin. Every once in a while, you just have a weird combo. You're like, Patrick Reed. Well, you know what's funny about that is I saw the other day, I think it was one of the No Laying Up guys tweeted like every Masters highlight on the Masters or the PGA's YouTube channel. And he's like, the winner of the Masters is in the thumbnail of every Masters except one. And the only guy that won the Masters and isn't in the thumbnail is... 2018? Patrick Reed. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's kind of reflective. I mean, he's viewed as, like, the cheater. It's weird. Like, he's viewed as, the, like, a Belichick cheater, but no one thinks he's, like, deserves the respect. Like, everyone, even if you call Belichick a cheater, you're like, well, he is one of the great Well, when it comes time to the Ryder Cup, you're like, oh, yeah, we'll take him. <laughs> yeah. Well, same with Patrick Reed. Like, he's really, well, really good. Patrick Reed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I... To me, the coolest part is, and I, listen, I've probably talked some shit about Jordan Spieth. I've actually tried to pull back on my shit talking because I, I just, 
about like individuals who are trying to make comebacks because of how difficult it can be. I can only imagine uh, to be an athlete. It's different in golf than other sports. Like I've seen in football, when your speed goes, you're just shot. Like Richard Sherman's career is like coming down the home stretch. Yeah. It's not like he can have some comeback where he's like, Richard's got five more years, right? It's just, it is what it is. But I, I think in golf, you can have these second and third acts. And Jordan Spieth, we talk about him like he's 35 years old. He's 27. And he had fallen on really, really hard times. I mean, this guy went from winning three majors, winning 10 tournaments. I mean, they watching the broadcast today, he made a cut and finished top 20 of a tournament when he was 16 years old. Wow. 16 years old. Like, this guy was a phenom's phenom. And he was billed to kind of, I hate saying the next Tiger, but be like the next really big thing. Under Armour put like all their chips. They were already on Brady and like Cam. They were like, this guy's going to be our golf guy, kind of like Steph. And just become a guy that's going to win ten majors, and I, I, who disagreed with him? It'd be a good bounce. He was on this torrid pace. Be a good bounce back week for them after they bailed on UCLA basketball Under Armour. Well, didn't they bail on Cal too? Yeah, they bail on a lot of people. No, I mean, and you know the crazy thing about 2015. Sometimes I forget this is that he finished second at the PGA Championship. What's his career Grand Slam is the only one he's missing, and it's just cool to think that he's not just relevant again because. I'm sick. I've watched all the terms this year. He'd been playing really well this year. Yeah. Like he was right in the mix of the PGA uh, at the uh, uh, AT&T at, at Pebble Beach. Uh, he was right in the mix at the Phoenix. Like he'd just been playing really, really good golf. And you're like, you know, I don't think this really smoke and mirrors. Like I, I think he's got a little magic back. I watched a lot of him the last two days. Like he's kind of got the mojo back. The best way I can describe him he really is the right-handed version of Phil. Like, Tiger did things that were so spectacular, no one could relate. Phil hit a lot of everyman shots. Like, at any given moment, Phil could be, like, behind a tree, and you'd be like, God damn, Phil, I'd find myself there. The difference, like him, Jordan does the same thing. Then he'll hit a rope hook off a rock that'll end up five feet from the pin, and you're like, that's the most spectacular shot I've ever... He's, like, the ultimate playmaker with a golf club in his hand. And that to me is kind of Jordan because Jordan will spray it. He will find himself in precarious situations. You'll be like, is Jordan going to blow it right here? And then he'll flop shot it over a tower with fucking all these fans around him with Michael Greller, his caddy who they always mic up the two of them. Cause the one, I think they know they don't swear. And two, their conversations are great. He'll be like, Jordan, I don't think you should do this. Like, Jordan, I I think you should hit the other club. And he's like, Michael, I'm just feeling this club. Let me do it. And half the time, he's like, Michael, you were right. And they, they just have these incredible conversations. He's just very, very relatable. He kind of looks – he's kind of got a little Steph Curry thing going for him where he just, he just kind of looks like a guy that everyone knows, doesn't he? He's like, that's just a relatable-looking guy. He doesn't look like And then like he's a, just so nice. Yeah, a physical outlier. And it's so nice and often – like he'll people the question no one even hesitates in a lot of times in media you kind of if there's a touchy subject you kind of dance around it with the question with no, him, he embraces it people are like Steve Sands like you have really struggled with your confidence and he'll be like yeah 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 um, two things one I love your film I thought that was Actually, a pretty bold when I when he said that I was like half the athletes in America and other sports would not like that question no right? would not at all. Two other things. One, I love your Phil comp, which at first you'd go, well, how is that a good comp, right? Jordan won, Phil didn't win. But I think the beauty of that comp is that even though they're the thing that put the pressure on them was polar opposites, it was similar. Phil had all these expectations, and the more he didn't win, the harder it got. For Jordan, all the winning put all this expectation, right? Phil was a star when he came into the PGA. Yeah. 
for Jordan, it was all the winning that put all this pressure on him really early. Phil obviously overcame it. We don't. It's part of his story, but the winning in the end. Phil, Phil couldn't win majors. Phil became a major star, being known as the guy that couldn't get the big yeah. one. Yeah, right. And he'd have these spectacular failures. The other thing, last year watching the PGA Championship, I bought, I owned ESPN Plus for a week, the trial, and uh, I had it for the PGA Championship last year at Harding Park. And remember, like everything was on ESPN Plus for the PGA Championship, including the last round. The the first group, there was one guy that teed off first. Maybe he played with like a local pro, like the PGA, like the Harding Park pro. But the first group of two guys was Spieth and Ryan Palmer. And it was ESPN Plus. It was early. I just was watching the Masters. I mean, uh, the PGA Championship. Spieth, for as bad as he was, had so much fun playing with Ryan Palmer. Like, obviously, nobody was watching him. Nobody was watching anybody, but especially those two. They clearly had a side bet going because you could kind of hear them. Remember, no one's mic'd up, but you can hear everything because there's no crowd. They yeah. they had a side bet going. It was clear because they were kind of messing with each other. They were being kind of dramatic over shots that didn't mean anything. They were the sec- they were the second to last tee time or the they were the second group off the tee on Sunday. And I yeah. just was struck by this guy who was in a major who was terrible. He was having a really bad round. And he and Ryan Palmer were having a fantastic time. Like they Both were, Texas guys. They were enjoying themselves. That's a good call. And I just, again, that's not the greatest Justin Spieth <clears throat> moment. But having watched it, I felt I felt like I was the only person watching it, too. Because it was like, why else? You know, like no one's paying attention to this. And it was just so cool to watch him have that moment. And I'm, I... It's not going to be Tiger hugging Charlie with it then fading to Tiger hugging Earl Masters level. But I do think if Justin could win the Masters, Spieth could win the Masters, Jordan could win the Masters this week. Too much Herbert and <laughs> Justin Fields on the brain. Um, Justin Thomas is like his best friend. I mean, there's a lot. I think, it would, I think it would. It would. Again, it wouldn't be the Tiger, but I think there's a chance I'd cry watching that one too, just like with Tiger. Well, I, I think going into this, if you said, John, right now, if you give us $1,000, you will get to pick your, the final twosome, Augusta. Without hesitation, I would go DeChambeau, DeChambeau and Jordan. Yeah. I think that because I, I do think Jordan winning today, the momentum for him, like he's the number one story now coming in. Can Jordan Spieth win the Masters again? He's already won it. He gets to go to the Champions Dinner. He was going to win another one in 16 when he fucking chips it in the water and has the 12. They actually mentioned today on, on hole 18, it's a par five. They're like, even though Jordan's two up on Charlie Hoffman, things could get weird here. Phil had a 10 earlier this week on this hole. So he's just like, you know, Phil, and, and I do think Jordan, like a Phil at any moment, can just be like an eight or a nine. Just something weird can happen. And I think DeChambeau, to me, he's going to be, I'm going to place a couple large wagers this week and just on single favorite guys. I, 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 I'm expecting Bryson to be a major factor this week. I mean, he's like a mathematician. He already got his kind of sample size in the fall. I just think he's going to have a specific plan of attack now where these next couple days he can hone in the plan of attack where I think Jordan, he does like he, Charlie Hoffman's out driving him. Like Jordan's game is a little closer to every man's beside being able to birdie like every hole he ever played, but it's not, he's not hitting a 350. He's just remarkable, but he's not like his game is his game. Like he just, he's going to draw it around 10. He's going to hit fucking, he's going to have to hit like driver, you know, hybrid or whatever to get on 13 like Bryson's doing the crazy things but Jordan just knows how to win there 
I do think that Bryson, like, it's not going to shock me if he's on, that he could have a multiple, like, five-shot lead on, like, a Saturday. You look up, and he's kicking everyone's ass. Well, I do think it would add to the drama, not just because that group would be awesome, but because I I would wonder on Sunday morning, is this going to make Jordan's life more difficult to be playing with Bryson? One thing he said after he won the Valero was how much fun it was to play with Charlie Hoffman. I think it will feel like the end is the Valero. But I think there was a lot of pressure on him there to break through and win. Because how long, I think how long had it been I think since it, he'd won? Uh, 1,351 days. I I um I do I wonder like if he were to win while playing with Bryson or win while playing with DJ or win while playing with Do you think he's the number one with Tiger, you know, shattered legs and everything? Is he the number one storyline coming in this Masters? Can Spieth, Jordan Spieth win the Masters? I think so. Yeah. I mean him and Bryson would be the two biggest one. Kepka's return would be another big one. But I think if Jordan did it while playing with, and to me, it wouldn't just be Bryson. If he's playing with DJ, if he's playing with Kepka, if he's playing with one of the other. Justin Thomas just won the John players. Rom, he's playing well. He's playing with one of those guys. Yeah. Justin just might make him a little more comfortable because they are tight. But if he's playing with the guy, that kind of guy that makes you uncomfortable, and I think playing with Bryson can make you uncomfortable, that would yeah, be the ultimate <laughs> test. Yeah, that too. A lot of time to think. Would pe- I do think people are going to, I think Spieth is going to be the crowd favorite. I do think Bryson's naturally kind of a crowd favorite just because, like, it's like going to a baseball game watching a home run hitter. You want it. What's the number one thing to any kid or any human being whenever you've gone to a baseball game? You want to see a home run. Right. Like, to me, a home run is infinitely cooler than a strikeout, a double, like anything that can happen. You want to see a ball go over the fence. I always felt accomplished leaving a Major League Baseball game, even if the team lost, unless it was like a playoff game, if I witnessed a home run. And that's where I think Bryson, you're like, is he going to fucking do something that I haven't seen all day if I've been sitting there? Yes. You know? And yeah, he's going to. It's awesome. It's going to be awesome. So get in our game. Uh, MyBookie.ig promo code HAM1 as well. Big draft week because uh, it's we're the draft kings. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, the draft ain't going anywhere, guys. It's still just right around the corner. But it's still far enough where we still get to kind of milk it. But it's getting closer by the day. It is. Uh, yeah, what are we, uh, April 29th, right? That's the date? April 29th, yeah. All so right. basically four weeks away, starting Monday. Less. Four? Yeah. Uh, three full weeks. Three weeks, three and a half weeks, guy. <laughs> three and a half weeks. All right, on that note. Godspeed, Later, people. everybody.